Welcome to Kava and Kettlebells, where we talk about kava, fitness, and life. Let's get kava fine. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Charles. Hey, guys, this is Heidi. Thank you so much for tuning back in. If you haven't already, please rate and review us on whatever platform you listen. Follow us on Instagram at kava underscore kettlebells. Share with your friends and family and really help us get this message out. All right. So on today's episode, we will be talking to Morgan from Calm with Kava. If you remember um, last week, Charles and Morgan had a little discussion online. So we're super excited to to get Morgan on the line um, and talk with him. So Morgan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk a little bit more in depth with you guys and, and uh, see where we can uh, you know, find a lot of common ground, which I'm sure there's a lot of it. There, there absolutely is. And Morgan, uh, Calm with Kava is obviously one of the most well-known brands in the Kava space. And I think uh, I, I was telling you when we were on the phone last week, but so Calm with Kava was the first Kava that we, Heidi and I personally bought for at-home use. And it was the, oh, right. uh, it was the instant Loa Waka. And Man, that stuff was so it was like kind of our first intro to kava outside the kava bar. Um, and I remember, man, like just being like, Holy cow, this stuff like works! This is, this <laughs> <Yeah>. is amazing. <laughs> it's great to hear. That's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, that stuff is like, I, I think that when people come to find kava, right, they have um, a lot of people have difficulties preparing it in the beginning, and so you know, they kind of gravitate towards the micronized or the instant varieties. And um, which is which is good because you can easily uh, dose it. I, I hate to use the word dose because it's it's not a pharmaceutical or anything, but it's it's very easy to figure out how much you're supposed to take in order to get the you know desired effect. So I'm I'm glad that you found it. Um, it's that's that's really cool. Yeah. No. We um. It was. That's honestly what we used yeah. predominantly in the beginning when, when, when for a long time. When we first started drinking, it was primarily the micronized. Um, or a few that are instant ones out there, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, you know, eventually we, we moved towards obviously straining, you know, with, uh, the different cultivars out there, the medium grinds. Um, but yeah, man, a lot of people that we talk to in instant or micronized kava, especially for that, you know, that first time user is, is very, very easy, easy access to actually consuming the product. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And also, like, that was actually a really good choice, too, um, in the Fijian variety, because I feel like a lot of people also, they kind of get into this, um, you know, before they try kava, it's a very much like a, oh, am I, uh, you know, do I want this chemotype? Do I want uh, this effect or this blah, blah, blah? And I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in the weeds and yeah, the Fijian varieties are so well balanced all around that I think that they offer something for just about everyone. So it's a, it's a great place for you guys to start. What do you guys, um, what, what do you typically drink these days? Like, uh, from Vanuatu, Tonga, Samoa. So I will say typically, well, we try to, you know, we, we try to get a good rotation of different stuff out there to get, you know, reviews up, but um, if it's like kind of our choice, like typically we, we drink in the evening. So we do like something that leans a little bit heavier. Um, I know, you know, like Fijians for, for both of us typically are balanced. Every once in a while I'll come across a Fijian that like will personally keep me up a little bit at night. 
So typically we do tend to drink a little bit heavier as like from Vanuatu, but uh, I know like Heidi, you really like the Tongan. Like, yeah, daytime. I do. I like that. So speaking, yeah. speaking of how we got into it, we would love to hear just kind of how you got into kava and how you were introduced to it. And yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I've been drinking kava for about a decade now. Um, and, uh, I first got into it because I was a young father, you know, I, I had a, I, I have a, a beautiful, uh, very smart wife. She's a nurse. Uh, she's uh, wise beyond her years and she's really helped me, uh, kind of figure out what I want to do in life. So I, I have to give her a shout out. Um, and, uh, I have, um, two kids. I have a daughter who's older and a, and a son who's uh, younger. And when my son was born, uh, I was working in the software industry and I was a, I was a, a business analyst. So for a couple of years, I did um, development work like software engineering, um, got into business analysis, project management. And I was doing a lot of these financial sort of um, uh, you know projects at a bunch of different companies, like big banks and um, you know, loan servicers and a bunch of stuff that quite frankly is really boring, but really stressful. Um, because the moment that one of your pieces of software goes down in some of these big environments, you know, you're, you're talking about millions of dollars lost every single second. Right. So it's, um, it's a very high pressure environment. And I was working 70, 80 hour weeks with, um, two young ones and right after my son was born i i was just so stressed about everything and you know the 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 worries of a young father along with the worries of a corporate environment and trying to make sure that you know you're keeping your family intact and and everything good is just it's just a lot and so i went to my doctor uh, because i was feeling a lot of anxiety i felt like i had like an elephant sitting on top of my chest every single day and um, I went to my doctor and she prescribed, prescribed me an SSRI and she also prescribed me a benzodiazepine. Mm-hmm. And yep. the SSRIs, they typically take, you know, a couple of weeks to, to get settled in, into your system to figure out if you like that particular one or not. And so she, she gave me the benzodiazepine um, in the meantime for any panic attacks that I had. So I started taking them and um, I found that you know, the first time I had a panic attack, I, I took one of the benzodiazepines and I was at the office and I realized that I was driving around and I, I like, I, I got home and I realized that I was, I was driving around and doing all my day-to-day things and I didn't remember any of it. Oh right? man. So yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I basically blacked out, but I was functioning somehow. Right. And so that just really scared me because I thought, I have like a three month old son. He's got, you know, he's young, right? So if I ever had to take him to the hospital and I was on this stuff, would I be able to do it? Right. Or would I be able to do it safely? Um, Terrifying. So I I had to find an alternative um, and I found Kava. Um, And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of where it, where it all stemmed from. Now. So when you found Kava, was it, I, I guess, like, were you kind of doing, like, your own personal research, or did you uh, have, like, any friends who had used the plant before? Um, like, how'd you find kava? Yeah, like, what, what, how'd you stumble across yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> that's actually kind of a funny story, because, no, I didn't know anyone who knew anything about kava. Uh, back then, it was like, you know, this is like, 
2013 or so yeah about 2013 2014 and um i had done a lot of research online I, I looked up a bunch of different types of plants a bunch of different types of pharmaceuticals um and uh tried a couple different things some of them worked some of them didn't some of them felt really weird and some of them didn't right um and I, I stumbled across the Kava Sewers blog, uh, Doug LaRose, and yep. he had uh, recommended a product that um, was like the, the strongest Kava he could find. And it, it, uh, it definitely was strong. Um, what, what so Kava I, was I, that? I tried it because I thought, well, a lot of people say they you know, have a hard time feeling it or whatever. And so oh, yeah. I, I went with his recommendation. I went with the strongest one possible. But I was kind of a dummy because I didn't know that I was supposed to strain it. Oh. So I, I, I took this, I took this really strong kava and um, and uh, didn't strain it and uh, felt really crazy and um, and uh, uh, was very nauseous and and uh, you know didn't have a great night. Uh, and so I didn't touch kava for a couple more months. I just didn't. I didn't. It wasn't even interesting to me right i just thought i'm not doing that again right? yeah that that would be a bad and then I experience started thinking about it a little bit more and i went back into it and uh and and looked at different vendors online i thought well maybe it's maybe it's that particular type of product and so i i found uh gourmet hawaiian kava who's uh you know chris allen off the big island of hawaii and he had um instant varieties of of his kava and so i i tried some of his instant kavas and i got just absolutely and I, I fell in love, you know, it was, yeah. uh, so it was a little bit of a roller coaster, but, um, I, I'm, I got there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious the, um, so the, the, the first kava that you, that you had tried the, what I assume was the medium grind because you know, it wasn't ground up. Oh, what, do you remember what like cultivar that was or what, what brand? Um, so I don't want to bring up the brand just because, um, I don't want any sort of negative connotations to go along with it. I I really respect them a lot. Um, and I don't think that's, I I, I just don't want to. Yeah, of course. But, um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was actually, you know, back then we didn't really know, especially me, we didn't really know a whole lot about what we were doing. Um, and so it was actually an, it was an ISA. It was a, it was a two day Kava from Papua New Guinea. Gotcha. So w- once you found the the micronize, and I do, I agree. I think that's a really good one to help introduce people into kava. So you said you were hooked. Um, how often, you know, would you drink it from once you found that? Um, you know, I I pretty much only used it for whenever I had a really rough day. Okay. You know, so I'd say you know twice a week or three times a week, something like that. Now, and that's not too dissimilar to today. I mean, these days, uh, you know, I, I drink it more because I have so much kava coming in and I, I, I make sure to drink everything that comes into the warehouse before we sell it. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, So I drink it a lot more than that, but, um, maybe five nights a week these days. Yeah. I mean, like, man, I, I go through kind of seasons where like, I'll have it maybe like once or twice a week. And then some weeks I'll, I'll, literally I'll drink it every single day, you know? Yeah. Um, so curious, kind of going back to, so kind of that time frame when you were starting to drink it, you know, a little bit more consistently, uh, was it just you or did you get your wife into it? Like, was she drinking it with you? Um, like, did you tell your <laughs> friends about it? Like, 
I wish, man. That'd be super fun. <laughs> combo with my wife. No, she, uh, you know, she's she's taken a couple swigs here and there, but she does not like it. Really? <laughs> I, man. Yeah, no, she hates it. She, hates it. <laughs> she also has like a. Uh, she's much more even keeled than I am, so I think you know. And she also can fall asleep at, a, you know, just a, in one blink. So uh, we, <laughs> she's not the prime candidate for someone who would enjoy gamma. Yeah, yeah they teach their own. Yeah, yes. and it's funny you say that because it, it isn't for everyone. And I have a large family. I'm one of five kids, and my parents. And we were able to get my parents to try it, and one of my siblings. But the rest are like, "You're crazy." So they're not. They're not into it either. <laughs> everyone will typically try it, but those who actually try it, and, and it's even you know we have this thing on Instagram and and uh, TikTok called the Faces of Kava, where we we literally <laughs> will have people that don't know anything about kava and they come in and they try it yeah i watched a few of those yeah. almost all of them feel it right yeah. they really yeah. like and and i to be fair i prep it very strong for them just to make sure that like <laughs> they really understand so yeah. what the effects are supposed to be like and so they really feel it but then you go back and ask them oh, okay it's been a couple months have you drank any more and most people i would say 85% of people don't continue to drink it. Really? See, it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting. I feel like, I don't know. I think it, it probably depends, I guess, on the experience too. Like I've talked to a lot of people who they've, they've gone to like a kava bar their first time and they were like all, you know, they, they love like the social and community aspect. So that's why they kept on going back. But yeah, I've also yeah. talked to people too, who they've tried the kava, you know, like at home and they're like, oh, yeah, this works. This works great. Um, but I don't, I don't use it anymore. I don't, I don't try it. And it's like, well, like, why not? And they're just like, I just, I don't like prepping it or I don't like the taste of it. Um, so, like, people will feel it. Yeah, it's just interesting you said because I do feel like only a certain amount of people will continue it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? I mean, it, it, across the whole slew of things that people can take, uh you know, whether it's a food or a pharmaceutical or a supplement, it's just, that's just how things are, right? Some people like blueberry jam and some don't, right? Right. I, yeah. Well, I'm curious because you're, um, so we, you know, we're, we're from the same area. We, you know, we're from Phoenix, originally in Heidi and I, um, and I assume you were out there during that time. I know, I'm trying to think back for this, it would probably be like Lacuna or Kava Sutra out there in Phoenix. We're kind of the first Kava bars. Mm -hmm. Um, as yeah. those kind of came online, did you go check those out as you were, you know, becoming more involved with Kava? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When Lacuna first opened, um, uh, I actually went with Mike Munsell, the original founder of Kamath Kava, um, to Lacuna. So, uh, oh, wow. he would come down to Phoenix all the time with his wife and, um, and you know, his wife, Love to hang out with my wife, so they hang out together, and Mike and I went out to the Cabo Bar. So <laughs> we went out to the Lacuna. Um, you know, Lacuna opened up, I think, right before the pandemic. So you know, it's kind of terrible timing for them, but they're still around, so that's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah they, and I, then, yeah, I, I've I've, uh, I've I've gone to pretty much all the Cabo Bars around here. Yeah, because I know you're you're out in the southeast uh, kind of valley now. Uh, I know, like, I'll try to get the closest one is probably what, uh, Mad Hatter's over in Chandler, I think. Mm hmm Yep, yep. They're pretty close by. Yeah. And I actually just barely moved down here. Um, up in North Phoenix, where I used to live, 
Um, there's also Meraki uh, yeah. Cobble Bar, which okay. is great. And they now have a downtown location in Phoenix. So, uh, they're they're really fantastic. Yeah, so those are all new. So we were in Tucson. Um, so we're in Alabama right now. We were in Tucson about 18 months ago. And they had one bar in Tucson. Now there's two. And there were only two up in the Phoenix area. There was a... Um, there was just Lacuna and Kavasutra. So we're excited yeah. next time yeah. we go back to be able to to try all the other ones out. Um, but so I love seeing that it's expanding. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Um, so going back to, you know, the original reason why you and Charles had that conversation, I would love to just dive a little bit deeper into that. I think it's really important for, you know, our listeners to to kind of talk about that, that mental health aspect of, you know, especially when you are using kava. So I'd love to just kind of um, talk a little bit more about that and how you said like the anxiety, that's what found, that's what helped you find kava. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit more about that and, and how that road was for you. Yeah. So I, I think before I really get into the meat of it, I think that um, some things that, and I think it's it's definitely most common in the past couple of years is that there's been a lot of nuance lost with social media, right? Like one sentence or two sentences just isn't enough to really, you know, um, extrapolate on a very complex set of topics like anxiety. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I just want to preface it with that. Um, and, um, and yes, I absolutely was trying to find something to help with my anxiety when I found Kava and, um, it, it has helped me. Right. Um, I, as a as a vendor, I cannot say that um, kava will help with your anxiety. I can say um, that it may help. I can say that there's a possibility that it will, and and there's studies out there that say that there's a possibility of it of it helping with certain types of anxiety. Um, but as we've just said, right? You know, the vast majority of people that try kava and even feel its effects, they don't go back to it, right? And so I think that there's certain types of people or certain types of anxieties, certain types of conditions where people find kava and they find that it really helps them in their lives. Um, and so what those are, I think are yet to be determined. I don't think, I don't think that we really have a, a very, um, critical, uh, acute, um, you know, understanding of exactly what type of person will benefit from consuming kava. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I also think that anxiety is a, a term that is very loosely thrown around. So people may have a feeling and they will just sort of give it this blanket term of, well, I, I'm having anxiety or I'm feeling anxious. Um, and so I do, I think it's a very large spectrum. And so why, you know, that's another reason why I think yeah. that is very smart to to not use that blanket term of it will do this. I think that is smart. Um, but I agree that, uh, you know, yeah, everyone is kind of different in that in that way. Yeah. And I it just kind of like from my personal, kind I guess, thoughts on it, too. Like, I think what Heidi said, there, there's truth. To that. I think there's a spec like within the, you know, this, especially with mental health. Right. Is a it's a spectrum. I, I think everyone you know, we say this term like mental health, and I, I think it, it's hard to find someone out there who doesn't have something that affects them, right? Um, and with with anxiety, I, I do think there's generalized anxiety, but I think there's also different triggers of anxiety. Like, you know, if someone has like PTSD, it's a, it's a different anxiety. Like there's certain, you know, triggers that will 
pull up memories or or even like feelings or sounds can trigger things um, that yeah. can bring you back to that spot, you know, which is, you know, can be a different anxiety than um, how someone else might, you know, experience it. So, no, man, I, I'm like, man, I'm completely with you in the fact that too, that like, you know, we can't, you know, especially with Kava, like, yes, agreed in the fact that we can say it might support, you know, symptoms or it might, but yes, you know, like in the fact that we can't say it's a, it's a cure-all, you know? Right. And, and I think like, it's, I mean, I, I fully, I mean, you guys have, have really kind of hit the nail on the head on, in a, in a couple different spots. I, 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 the thing that I really worry about is when you have people and, and I, and I really appreciate you bringing up the PTSD topic because I think that there's a lot of potential there. Uh, there's a giant study going on right now in New Zealand yeah. um, by Dr. Apoaparosa, um, who you know is studying PTSD and uh, Talanoa, which is you know gathering around uh, Tanoa of Kava and talking about your experiences as you know maybe you're you've been a police officer or in the armed forces or whatever it might be where you know. PTSD is a, is a real, real problem and, and seeing if that could help. And it seems to be very promising research. And so that very well might be one of the many benefits of, of uh, consuming kapha for someone. Um, and, and I think that the, the thing that I always worry about is when, you know, as someone who sells kava, right, I, I see a lot of the people come to me and he's very like, you can, you can see in their emails and their words, phone calls that they have just such high stress and high pressure and they're trying to find a way out of it. Right. Yeah. And so this is just one of those things that they're trying in order to try to alleviate those, those problems. And so I really worry that if we say things like, Oh, Kava will, you know, help your anxiety. um, That if it doesn't help them with their anxiety, that they will go to more, uh, you know, just difficult solutions to find a relief. And so I, I really worry for those people. And I think that Kava is a great tool in your tool case, your tool belt, so that you can find some relief in some circumstances. Uh, but I think that's just all that it is, right? It's, it's something that will help you get through today, um, but it might not get you through tomorrow, right? And we just need to be very aware of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think just in general with um, any sort of, not even just mental um, health, but just health in general, it's all about finding um, the root cause, like what is really causing the stress or the anxiety and not just putting a Band-Aid over it and really, you know, uh, making, then that is true to make sure that people are aware of, you know, don't just go get coffified every night, like figure out what is causing this and eliminate that, um, you know, what's causing it in the first place yeah 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 you know there's there's a really um big problem with the whole like i, I mean what you said just um kind of brought up a, a funny it's not a funny memory it's funny in that it's kind of ridiculous you know everyone talks about getting therapy or getting some sort of help for mental illnesses right um whether it's through counseling or therapy or uh, uh you know a doctor that can help prescribe some pharmaceuticals or whatever it may be. Um, In May, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And last May, 
my marketing team got together and said, Hey, it's, it's mental health awareness month. And so we want to, you know, post a bunch of things about, you know, mental health awareness, suicide prevention, those types of things. I said, you know, I love it. That's a great idea. Let's do it. We got to get the message out there. Um, and I, I really am a very firm believer in the whole practice, what you preach thing. Uh, and I, I thought, well, you know, I don't have a therapist. I should go find a therapist, right? I'm telling people to go find a therapist. Why don't I have one? Right. Um, and so I went out and I tried to find myself a therapist and I, I have insurance. Um, you know, I, I have the, the financial capability to find one and, and, and go to one. Um, and I also have the time, right. I'm, I'm in a very, I'm in a, an incredibly privileged position. Oh, hold on. Find up to be able to get therapy and theoretically get it easily, right? Unfortunately, after hours of research and trying to find someone near me, I couldn't find anyone. I, I live in a city of like 7 million people. You'd think there'd be a bunch of therapists who have availability and that's just not the case. Oh, um, you know, yeah. you know. which therapists could accept my insurance, which therapists could, you know, meet with me within 30 days, which therapists could, you know, align with my values, right? Like it's, it's, it's a crazy difficult process. So I can only imagine if I was in a really dire situation and I really needed to talk to someone. often ever since that happened yeah absolutely so we and i don't know if it's arizona because we happened to be in arizona when this um happened to us as well but our daughter we i tried for years to try and get her to be able to talk to like a counselor or someone of some sort and it was impossible it was impossible they said because of her age she's not a danger to society this and that they were like she's not a priority um and so it was like insane and i was like that it's a little ridiculous that it, it has to get to the point where it's danger is involved like that she is a danger you know and it was nothing like that it was just wanting to talk to someone um and it is it's crazy yeah. and it makes you wonder like why is the system so overwhelmed um you know in that sense but man that that's rough <laughs> it's crazy and 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 to think you're you're wonderful little daughter right she she just is trying to find some advice from someone who's not her parents because we all know kids yeah. love their parents but they don't want to listen to us right. you know, we, we literally just I had mean, a discussion it, this morning on that with them yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and how scary is that as a parent right yeah because you want them to succeed and you want them to to live a great life but you just you know you and you're doing all the right things right um, you know, I think of these parents that have, uh, you know, kids that have difficulties uh, in, in a lot of different ways. In fact, I just saw uh, there was a, a, a government entity was going against a parent who had a problem child. And I just thought, man, I, I, I you know, the, the parent may have done things that were incorrect. I, I, I don't doubt it. But I also know that as a parent, it's very um it's, it's not easy to get the right help. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult. So scary, scary stuff. No. Yeah. And I, I agree. And it's, well, kind of, kind of going back to what you're saying too, like, 
it is interesting, you know, you think about like, cause out in Phoenix, like there would be so many, you know, available options, but, um, really when it comes down to it, like it, it can be tough and even find someone too that I, I feel like ultimately also like, cause, um, um, like even currently right, like right now, like I, I, I go to mental health, like, uh, with the military and stuff like that, but like even just find like a therapist that you, I don't know the word vibe, vibe, like, mesh. Kind of vibe with, yeah. like mesh with, you know? Yeah. Um, cause you're, you're sitting there having a conversation and a lot of it's like, you know, obviously very kind of like personal stuff and like, you gotta be able to like trust that person. Like, even though like, you know, obviously it's confidential, but like, it's still another person that you gotta like look in the eye and, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> again, yeah. You know, so and I, I have to imagine that's probably why they're seeing some pretty incredible success with the PTSD research with Talanoa because, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you've had PTSD or, or you are currently in. Yeah. You know, so you that's, have that's, PTSD. that's why I go, uh, personally I like to see, to see mental health. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to imagine as someone with PTSD who has had really terrible experiences that, um, sitting across from someone and talking to them about your experiences and they never having had those experiences um, is a little bit jarring, right? Because they, they can't fully understand what you're talking about or what you're feeling. So sitting across from someone, you know, or a group of guys who have had that or, or women who have had that experience, that is, it has to be incredibly helpful. It's yeah. gotta be. And, you know, and that's, I do think that's one of the beautiful things about Kava and why that is probably, you know, and I'm really curious to see kind of more of the, um, with that study, kind of what comes out from it, um, you know, which we'll see like kind of when that does come out. But I think Kava opens you up in a way that other things don't. Like, obviously, when people drink alcohol, <laughs> they open up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they won't remember not what in good they're... Ways. <laughs> yeah, not in good ways. They're not going to remember that conversation, but... I, what I've always found, you know, really cool about kava is like when you drink it, it, it's always hard to describe to people. I know it's described as a social lubricant, but it just opens you up a little bit more, I think, to giving and to kind of receiving, you know, conversation. Um, and that's why I also think that a lot of people gravitate towards it, you know, who stay with it. And I think why, especially kava bars now are kind of seeing that rise in, in popularity and in, in attendance. Yeah, it's I kind of like to describe it as almost like a wall, you know, whether you are conscious of it or not, especially if you're around new people in a new environment, you naturally have a wall up and it's going to limit your ability to communicate and use your words and even think sometimes. And I just feel like Kava is such a great um, just hammer at just like knocking that wall down and like letting your your true thoughts and your words just come out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, well, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, there's um, there there's a lot of benefits in that realm. Um, but I, I do want to go. I want to go back to Kamakava a bit. Um, while we do have you, so I can hear, and so our audience to hear you know, the kind of from the man himself, right. He's running one of the largest vendors, just some thoughts and some insights into the actual business. So can you kind of give us a little bit of history, how you, you became, you know, calm with Kava and, you know, up to where you are now and kind of that journey. 
Yeah, sure. Um, so when I first got into Kava, um, there was not a lot of really good quality out there. Uh, it was difficult to find um, variety. It was difficult to find quality. You weren't sure what you were getting. Um, there were uh, very unscrupulous people that were mixing in stuff in the Kava that was not good, like sawdust and things like that. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of the Wild West. Um, and uh, and so I I really wanted to make sure that people had access to good quality Kava. And so I started a small company called Cactus Kava. Uh, and it did very well. But... I was, as I said earlier, was working as a software engineer or business analyst. And so I was, I was very focused on my IT career and, uh, it was just too much for me to do. I couldn't do IT as well as the Kava business. And so I decided to sell Cactus Kava and, uh, and then I started to do some consulting for Mike Munsell over Calm with Kava. And I started my own little podcast called the Kava Flow, which um, don't look it up because it's cringy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, it's, I can't, I can't look at it. Um, so, so I, so but, I take uh, it. It's and, not and so up I did anymore. That for a little bit. And, uh, I was consulting with Kamakava for a while and, uh, Mike and his wife, Tiffany were good friends of mine and, and my wife's. And so, um, Mike passed uh, unexpectedly in, in May of 2020. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a rough time, you know, because his wife, uh, you know, she has a considerable amount of health issues and, um, you can imagine after losing your spouse, uh, and also having, you know, just the weight of the world on your shoulders from running a, a business like Calm with Kava, it would be pretty taxing. And so, uh, she asked if I would, uh, run it. And so I did. And then when I was able to buy it, I bought it. So I bought it in, uh, November of 2022. So there you go. Wow. Um, Okay. That's, that's how I came here. Well, that's, you know, I think that's kind of cool though, in a sense that you were able to take it over from your friend and at least the business was kept within someone that he knew right and was close with yeah i'm sure that would have really like blessed him to know that 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 happened that way yeah i you know someone asked me the other day um how i i made the decision to not buy from a certain vendor or to buy from a certain vendor and one of the reasons that i buy from certain people or i don't buy from others is because of mike so mike had this whole idea that they would, um, you know, they, they would go out to these islands and they would find people that really needed help. Um, most of them didn't even farm kava. They were just people that, you know, needed a break, a good break in life. And so he helped them, uh, you know, he helped fund, uh, the starting of their farms and he, you know, worked with them to figure out how to dry it properly, how to get their export licenses, how to, um, you know, import it into the U.S. Uh, you know, we're talking people that literally had dirt floors living in a shack and who now these days they've got multiple homes and their villages are, you know, full of concrete buildings. And, you know, they, they've really been able to help the people around them. That's awesome. You know, so it's... It, 
Yeah, it's wild, man. It's really wild. So um, whenever I make a decision, you know the old, um, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Well, yeah. in this business, I always say, what would Mike do? Because it really, truly orientates this business. Um, you know, we he had a little plot of land in Hawaii with about 200 plants on it and oh, wow. uh, 200 kava plants on it. And um, I, I thought, well, uh, you know, by the time I was able to get to it, uh, only 100 plants were left. There was some theft. Oh, man. Um, some of the plants died. You know, they just weren't taken care of. Kava really needs people to take care of it in order for it to survive. And so um, a lot of them died. Um, but we bought uh, a couple more acres of land nearby. And we're using all of Mike's plants as mother plants for thousands more. So we have, um, of his plants, right, we have about 3,000 more in the ground that came from his main 100 plants that, that he had left. Dude, that's and, that, uh, we'll yeah, have that another is so cool. Probably, by the end of the year, you know, we're, we're aiming to have probably 10,000 uh, plus in the ground. And they all you know, are a result of Mike's literal blood, sweat, and tears, you know? So he's, he's still alive in the business. Uh, he, uh, his picture hangs up in my office. Um, his, uh, his wife is still an employee of the company and she will forever be. Uh, and so I, I hope that, um, you know, Mike is out there in the ether, you know, looking around and saying, okay, all right, things are taken care of. You know, my wife is taken care of. And, uh, you know, all of his suppliers as well, the people that, you know, he helped um, grow their businesses uh, on the islands. Uh, I still do business with them and I'm still very loyal to them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've tried my best to keep, you know, his dreams alive, you know, and I, I, I hope I'll do a good job of it. Yeah, that, I, I that's think, amazing. I think you are, man, from you obviously have a lot of care with what you're doing. And I think you have a lot of intent behind your actions based upon sort of what he would have been doing in your shoes right now. So I think you're doing a great job sort of honoring, you know, this, this lineage of calm with Kava from, you know, kind of where it started to, uh, you know, you obviously having the reins now with that. So I commend you, man. That's awesome. I, I appreciate it. Those are kind words. Well, can you go a little bit in depth as far as, I guess, can you give us like a bit of like your kind of day to day, um, running calm with Kava? And I know there's, it's probably a lot of intricacies and a lot of you know, details. But uh, just for our listeners out out there, you know, to see such a a, a, a big company, right? Kind of like what does it take to run that? Can you just give us like a glimpse into like a day to day operation, uh, kind of like what you have? Um, you know, for the month, you know, kind of like a month, two months look out like for you. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny when you say it's a big company because I, I look at it and I'm like, you know, in the Kava world, yeah, we're, we're a big company, but in the rest of the world, I feel like we're so tiny. It's, it's, yeah. kind, of, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, but you're not wrong. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of, um, weekends, you know, today we're talking on a Saturday, right? This is not uncommon for me. Uh, we do, um, you know, so my, my day-to-day work, uh, I, I wear every hat possible, right? Um, I have about 10 employees, 
Um, you know, we've got some in customer service. We've got a wholesale sales guy. We've got um, a whole bunch of folks in our warehouse uh, here in Scottsdale that do our production of, you know, when we bring Kava in, we quarantine it, make sure that uh, we get it out for lab tests to make sure that it's safe to drink. Um, you know, we have, you know, we have uh, Jack Renna as our director of operations, and he's been instrumental and so, I mean, like the perfect fit for us because he really cares about making sure that things are quality. Um, and so under him, he's got uh, another couple of folks that handle the grinding of the kava, the organization of it, the structure of it, how we uh, prepare it and how we package it. Um, we also have our shipping coordinators. So, you know, people are normally pretty amazed that we're able to get a package out the same day that an order comes in. Um, you know, we're not Amazon, but <laughs> we try to be as close as we can to it, you know. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I, I'm just one piece of the machine. And uh, I typically do, you know, every day I'll, I'll check in with, with everybody, right, and make sure that things are, are running smoothly. I, I always have our emails coming in on my phone. So every time an email comes into the company, no matter where it's coming from in our our customer service line or our wholesale, I, I read almost everything. Um, I read almost everything on our social medias. Uh, I Really, I'm just taking in all of the information that I can and trying to create change from the feedback that we see, right? Um, and of course, not all of it is reactive like that. Um, there's a lot of proactive things like trying to figure out um, you know, how are we going to market things? I've got an agency for our video marketing, for our social media. I got different agencies for our web development and our SEO. Um, I've got other people for affiliate marketing. I've got, I've got a lot of different kind of people that, that report back to me on what is going on. So most of what I do is really just, um, managing expectations of all the folks that work with us. Um, you know, and that, that, you know, that's kind of the interesting kind of fun parts, but the reality of it is, is that probably 70% of my day is dealing with, um, you know, oh, I have to get new insurance. I have to get, you know, product liability insurance, or I have to get, you know, workers comp insurance, or yeah. I've got to, uh, you know, have all sorts of, you know, business licensing things done or, you know, just really boring, mundane things, you know, running payroll, you know, meeting with the bookkeeper, you know. Yeah, it is all those boring. little things, though, that I feel like people don't realize go into a business. Yeah. You know, people think of um, the stuff on the surface and they don't realize that there's so much behind the scenes that is essential in in making a business run. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so give us... Um... You know, without spoiling any secrets that Calm with Kava might have for the future, can you just give us some insights on what you see for the next couple of years with Kava and um, specifically, too, with your brand? Yeah, um, I, I have no secrets, um, first and foremost. I think people probably think that I've got some, like, ace up my sleeve, but <laughs> the reality of it is is that, like, the people that have been farming kava have been doing it for thousands of years. That's facts. Um, there's, there's no real secrets to it. You know, uh, there's some tips and tricks and, uh, things, but, um, you know, I, I just hope that people realize that there's, there's nothing, you know, shady going on. There's nothing crazy. 
Um, in fact, if you guys want to come to the warehouse anytime in Phoenix, uh, you're more than welcome to drop on by. I'd love to show you. Love yeah, that. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that that, um, that's really what the future holds for Kava is transparency. I think that, you know, for years, a lot of people have been purchasing these products that they don't really understand what it is. They don't understand where it came from or who farmed it. So I think that what we're going to see is more, you know, we'll probably align ourselves more with the coffee world where people literally know the farmer that grew this stuff. You know, um, they know exactly which island that they were on um, and they know the growing conditions. Uh, so for the future of Calm with Kava, um, that's what it's going to be. We're going to be very transparent about where we're getting our Kava from and who's growing it because they're the ones that really deserve the most respect. Um, along with that, we have uh, our farm in Hawaii, which, um, you know, we're, we're a couple of years away from being able to produce anything. Um, you know, like I said, we've got a couple thousand plants in the ground and we'll continue to put a lot of plants in there. We'll probably have, my guess is 80 acres to 100 acres of, of kava planted in the next couple of years here. Um, and so, awesome. you know, we're going full tilt into the Hawaiian cultivars of ava um, because it's almost impossible to find good quality Hawaiian kava. Um, and uh, that's really scary to me because it, it, it could disappear. Yeah. Um, you know, without people actively farming it, it's just not going to work. So, um, so we're going to be, uh, you know, continuing to provide Hawaiian ava uh, for many, many years to come. And along with that, what I'm really excited about is that um, we built a system whereby we can track each individual plant. Wow. So you're going to know, like, when, I mean, the, the goal, we'll see how close we can get to this, but the goal is when you get your bag of, of Ava from Puiva Hawaiian Farms, our, our farm on the Big Island, that you're going to be able to hit a QR code and it's going to show you a picture of the plant. It'll show you when it was planted, when it was harvested, the types of pesticides that were used or herbicides or how it was treated. You know, um, you're, you're going to know everything about that plant. And I think that that's the future of Kava. Man, that's, that's awesome. That's going to set a whole new different standard that's awesome yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. super exciting absolutely i totally agree and i do think you highlighted on such a good point that um especially people who are into kava i really don't think very many people understand the hard work that goes into the hard and long years it yeah, takes years. to to grow the kava plant and to um to make that and the farmers in they are not given um the credit that it deserves so i love that that you guys are really prioritizing that that's awesome yeah. I mean, it is, it's really funny when, when I hear people say like, Oh, um, Oh, you're, you're, you're growing a, a kava, which is a, you know, South Pacific plant. Um, you know, don't you feel like maybe you should grow something else? Um, because you know, it's not of your culture. Um, I always say it's <laughs> growing kava is not for the money because I can guarantee you growing anything else will be more profitable. Yeah. It and, is. And quicker. It's a crazy <laughs> risk. You're putting four years of time into a plant um, that hopefully doesn't die of disease or, um, or dehydration or, you know, all sorts yeah. of things. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a huge risk. Yeah. It's a, it's a different type of investment too. That's, um, 
No, man, that's that's awesome, and I, I love the. I truly do respect the um, thoughts you have on transparency in the industry, and I think that's going to be massive. But well, cool, man. We, dude, Morgan, I'm happy that we got you on the show and uh, had a conversation. Man, this has been awesome. Yeah. Before we we let you go, though, we would love for you to let our listeners know where they can find Calm with um, Kava if they want to purchase it, where they can follow on social media, and any last words you want to leave for them. Yeah. Um, well, you can find us at our website, calmwithkava.com, and it's calm with a K. Uh, our, our Instagram and TikToks, uh, and Twitter and all that, they're all the same. Um, calm with Kava. Uh, I, and I think the, the only thing I'd, I'd leave with people is just that, um, I, I really am grateful for all the support and, uh, I hope that, um, you know, not just myself, right. And not just calm with Kava, but I just hope that the, the customers in the industry really, um, understand where we're coming from and, and, uh, know that we're really grateful for any support. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really fantastic to see people, you know, come together and find something that they love and support and, um, cherish. And I'm really happy to be a part of that. Uh, and, and I, I recognize that I'm in an incredibly privileged position to, uh, to, you know, to talk to people like that. And, um, I just, I, I love them. So I, I do. I really do. Uh, I love you all and uh, appreciate your, your support. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. It was wonderful talking to you and have a great day. Awesome. You too. Thanks. Thanks, Morgan.